We're going to give you tips on how to winterize your preps because it's September and some of these things take a while to do. We came up with a list. You might want to get on it now. I think you're going to get a lot out of this. So sit around and enjoy and learn about and get motivated to winterize your preps. When disaster strikes, will you be prepared? This is Prepping 2.0 with authors and prepping experts, Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Online at prepping2-0.com. Get ready. Prepping 2.0 coming in 3, 2, 1. Welcome, everyone. This is Shelby Gallagher over here at Prepping 2.0. Thanks for joining us today. I'm joined by my co-host on this show and co-host in life, Glenn Tate. Well, hello, everybody. Hey, this is September, and you're thinking, well, it's only September. What happened to summer? What happened to summer? Well, here's what we're going to do in this show. We're going to give you tips on how to winterize your preps because it's September and some of these things take a while to do. We came up with a list and you you might want to get on it now. I think you're going to get a lot out of this. So sit around and enjoy and learn about and get motivated to winterize your preps. So lurkers. Come out of the shadows. You know who you are. You're the folks that listen and you hear us mention the after show and you go, yeah. Hmm, Boy, that would be nice. That would be nice. And then you realize that uh, you're going to you're gonna do it. You're going to spend the two bucks and you join in the after show in the, in, in the after show and you realize how awesome it is. So lurkers, come out of the shadows. Many of you have joined recently yeah, we've too. We've had a real Welcome onslaught. Welcome to all of yeah. you. Tons of new listeners, tons of new listeners, which we love. We wanted to make a couple other announcements. First of all, October 2nd and 3rd in Sandpoint, Idaho, which is in North Idaho, the kind of the panhandle. It's the Woodstock of prepping. It's the Woodstock of prepping, except no hippies and uh, no drugs and no uh, extracurricular activities. And clothes are not... Yes, clothes are required. required, not optional. That's right. So it's going to be a great expo. We do it every year. We love to see you guys. We come out. And this year, I think, it's going to be even more spectacular because so many of you, hundreds of you, honestly, I've actually kind of kept a rough count. Hundreds of you prayed for me and for Shelby during my recent now over cancer problem. Um, I've been screened and um, there's no cancer in me according to any of the diagnostic tests, which is fabulous news, praise God. A lot of you prayed, a lot of you, and that made a huge impact. A lot of you have made a huge impact on us. Your messages are extremely encouraging and have been life-changing. I know I've had a complete reset in my life. My priorities are entirely different. You're gonna be getting a lot more out of us on Prepping 2.0 because kind of semi-retired on the law department and going to be doing this more, more. So come on out because there's going to be a lot of hugs. We're going to be hugging you guys and thanking you guys. And um, I've still got some remnants of chemotherapy chemicals in me, apparently. I'm not sure about that. Uh, That's what I'm blaming it on. I get very emotional, you guys. I get very, very emotional on this topic. And uh, if you want to see, yeah, if you want to see Glenn Tate cry, come to the expo. Be in Sandpoint, Idaho, on October second and third. No, but seriously, um, wanted to mention Pam Radio, P A M dash Radio, P A M dash Radio dot com. That's where you can learn all the prepping stuff you need to know about comms. I put these electronic flashcards together. Very proud of them. They've been very helpful. Keyword electronic. Yeah, they're not physical flashcards. The production cost on that was about $20,000, and uh, no thanks. Um, goodie bags. We yeah. want to let folks know that by the time you hear this in mid-September, um, if you are a Patreon, and that's $2 and up, um, of course, that's the Patreon levels, um, you will get a Patreon message, and you'll get an email that says, here's the URL to click on, and it's like a web form. And you tell us your address and your name and everything. We've done it a variety of other ways. We won't get into it. There's a self-explanatory Patreon post on this. We've tried it a lot of other ways. We now have over 1,100 Patreons, for goodness sakes. And so, excuse me, chemo burp up. I captured it. Good job. I got it under control before it went on the air. Here, have some soda pop. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Um, (laughs) So the form is the only way we can do it. We can't, sorry guys, we just can't have you email us and say like, Dude, here's my address. Send me my stuff. Because that works when it's like wedding presents and there's like 30 of you. It doesn't work when there's 1,100 of you. So I'm sure you understand. So 
Now we'd like to talk to, um, or we'd like to hear from, or hear about a couple quick sponsors, and then we'll get into it, and then we'll have some sponsors later on in segment two. Well, speaking of a great sponsor that's going to be at the Panhandle yes. Preparedness Expo is Minutemen Coffee. Yes. Great folks over there, great patriots, brew a wicked cup of coffee. company is taking off like crazy. Like, we can't tell you the details, but guys, Minutemen Coffee is legit. I think Black Rifle Coffee, I think you're getting a run for your money there, Black Rifle guys, who did not support Kyle Rittenhouse. Um, and the and Second Minute Amendment. Man, and Minute Man does. So, yeah, great, great coffee. Shelby's jacked up on it all the time, which makes my life um, interesting slash challenging. Well, and they're the exclusive brewers, roasters of mm-hmm. I, Miss Amer- the I Miss America blend. Um, highly recommend it. Um, if you, you can find all of our sponsors at prepping2-0.com. Click on Friends and Affiliates. When you click there and go over there and do a little shopping, um, use the coupon code I Miss America and you'll get 15% mm-hmm. off. But... Yes. If you're at the expo, yeah, go go to it's, their huge trailer coffee cart, you know, and and bring a forklift, get some coffee, uh-huh, get it palletized, and get a good get supplied up and get jacked up and come see us at our booth. Yeah, so it'll be you jacked up and, and me crying. It'll be a party. It'll, it'll be an absolute it fest. Like fun. Yes, absolute fest. Well, there you go. Well, we wanted to get right into it. The topic is winterize your preps and this hit Shelby and I yesterday we're driving around Montana beautiful Montana and we're thinking about all the things here it is in mid-September all the things we need to do for winter and there's a there's a nip in the air there's a nip in the air and apparently now we've not experienced a Montana winter Apparently, it gets kind of cold you here. You say we. I have, actually. Well, actually, you have. Back back in my younger, younger back days. Back in the day. That's yes. right. And you've also lived in the Rocky Mountains. Yes, I have. And you've experienced cold winters. Um, I've pretty much been a Washington State guy, and winters never get that cold. I'll tell you what, though. I will trade the cold for about five months of cloudy raining. I will, I will trade the cold for 12 months of communism. Yeah, there you go. Good trade. Good trade. Because <laughs> so, you can always just wear a sweater. <laughs> exactly. So before we do, we step into this, some things I'd like to preface with is these are very specific to – not very. They're somewhat specific to us. And but I think they have a pretty broad reach. I, I do. Wherever you're at, there's a winterizing protocol. Except Florida. Except Florida. Then it's, well, Southern California, in which case your protocol is get out. Yeah. But, um... Like you brought up a good point. In Western Washington, and I lived there in the Pacific Northwest for, you know, a couple of decades, mild winters. You might have one or two days in total that hit below freezing. You might have a handful of nights that go before below freezing. And that changes everything when it comes to gardening, when it comes to how you store things. So you all know where you're at. So just plan accordingly. We have the nip in the air. We're going to start having some freezing nights any day now, which changes the whole gardening world. And we'll hit on that. It hits it, it, and we're going to have nights that are going to be consistently below freezing for several months. Changes everything. So we're going to say these things. You get to gauge them for your particular location. Exactly. Apply them. Um, If you live in South Carolina, um, these are going to be less of an issue for you. Um, although we've seen some pretty wild weather, um, we're yeah. not climate South change. South Carolina has free, uh, kind of like the Pacific Northwest. They'll have a handful of freezing nights, and it takes everybody by surprise a little bit. Yeah, yeah. they'll have snow. Yeah. We're not believers in climate change. It's called you know seasons and cycles, um, but it has been getting a little bit colder in southern areas that aren't used to it. It's been a little bit warmer in northern areas. And you heard uh, Dan, Dan the, food, the food industry you told guy. us that about a month ago. Yeah. Like, yeah, the weather's doing some weird stuff. Ask Texas how that went exactly. last. Exactly, winter, yes. and Texas is going to be one of our models and is one of the reasons we thought of some of these things. So we're driving around, making some notes, and then we come into the studio and we turn it into a show. I love how we do that. You know, if you guys wonder if if Shelby and I live this, yes, we do. We drive around and, and conversations revolve around. While we're around. doing what we're yeah. taking notes on. We are doing the things that we're yeah, taking exactly. notes on and creating a show. So. so I guess people, now that they've heard a lot about this, would probably like us to launch right into our list yes. of things to do. What's the first thing? Because Very you came thing. up with this and you've got expertise on this. Well, and I brought it up on the show, gosh, in the middle of this summer that I did on the Meat Mafia. Mm-hmm. And um, this is the time of year. This is fall. This is September. If you want to get a meat order in, do it now. With you a want, local butcher. With a local butcher. Find a local butcher. Order a quarter, half, or full beef. Get ready to write a big check. This butcher season is in October. You may have already missed that window 
for pre-orders for pre-orders. because there's so much demand now. So many more people are going to local butchers. It's not even funny. And, and let me add this to that. So so get it on it or get on a waiting list. Um, the other thing, though, too, and I'm gonna, I said this in the last show, I'm going to do, be doing a VBS on keto. We're going keto because of Glenn's cancer and because of life, good lifestyle changes. We're over 50, blah, blah, blah. And because I am one of the very few people in recorded human history to have gained weight <laughs> during chemotherapy. Yes, I managed to pull that off. The doctor said you need as many calories as possible. I'm like... Yes, sir. And I got it done, <laughs> even though I didn't want to. Sometimes I was all grossed out. But anyway, keep going yep, with so the thing that people want to hear thing about. with keto, too, what, what does that have to do with prepping? Well, it does. Grass-fed beef is higher in omega-3, which is what you want. Yep. So you're going to get that grass-fed, no GMO. no GMO, all of that, at a much cheaper amount from your local butcher than you will from any... You have to dig and look for that pretty hard in a grocery store. Yeah. So get your meat order in now. One... It's a healthier meat, like I just said. And two, folks, part of part of the over the overarching preparedness thing right now that hangs over our heads is all projections tell us that by summer 2022, 25% inflation. If you're able to get a half quarter or full beef right now, you are locking in a price. A lot of this is locking in prices now before it goes crazy next year. And you're going to hear that theme over and over again in, in this list because... That's what we do. We're preppers. You, the listener, yes, yeah, you're are the kind of person. For, you're preparing for inflation. Right. You plan stuff. And um, I would, I'll would. i add this to virtually everything on the list. It will not be repetitive because it is such an important point and it adds things. And that is this. Everything is a system. Think of this as a system. So, for example, we say, hey, order some meat. Well, what else is part of the system? Having a freezer. Yeah. Having a place to put it. Maybe, Those are readily available now. Now they are. Yeah. Yeah. So, Bear in mind that a lot of these things are not like a one-item check-off-your-list thing. You could have all the grass-fed beef in the world that's frozen sitting in a tub in the middle of October, and uh, that's going to be okay for about six or eight hours. And and then you're going to need to do something different. So real quick, before we go to our next point, I'm going to jump in and give us a couple more sponsors here that are awesome folks. EMP Shield. Yeah. Great folks over Speaking there. Speaking of freezers, you got to have electricity. Yeah. And... and Floyd, my father, who lives in South Carolina, they just had some weird electrical things that they had an EMP, uh, a, a household surge protector that protected their house. They're having some weird stuff over there on the grid. Hmm. Anywho, there's EMP Shield. Great folks over there. They have developed a device that helps you. Pro- it shields you from the effects of yes. an EMP. So it protects your house and it can protect your car, it can protect your generators. Great folks over there. Um, if you go check them out at our website, if you use the code prepping 2.0 at checkout, you get $50 off each device. And each device is in, you know, three $400 yeah. range. So it's, it's a, a significant, significant savings. Yeah. So check them out over there. Protect you. We're not just talking EMPs. We're talking just weird glitches in the grid, too. Coronal mass ejections. Yeah, there's that word. CME. Too. I couldn't come up with it. One more, though, I want to mention Humana Foods, great yeah. folks. Again, lock in the savings now. They deal in bulk freeze-dried food, not your, you know, single-serving, you know, backpacking. Mountain house. Yep. Uh, use the coupon code PREP, lowercase, at checkout. You get 10% off. And now is the time to get it as we head into winter. That's another great uh, thing to think about as well. But keep going on our list, Glenn. On our list. Next on our list is alternative heat source and the fuel that goes with it. Remember, everything's a system. So what do we mean by this? Well, let's go back to our Washington home where we had a flaw in our preps. And yep. we're, we're very open about it. I mean, we are not perfect by any means. Well, it was a flaw that we were... Actually, had we a plan. Work on. We were going to work on, but then we then moved. We moved. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then we didn't care anymore. <laughs> it's the people who bought our house; it's their problem now. But oh, they're they, not preppers, and so they've they made it worse. Them, they've trust got a me. trillion problems going on um, because they're commies. Anyway, um, but we took their money. We took lots and lots of their money, and we are dumping it into Montana. Yay, yep. Montana! So here's the thing: alternative heat source. It, uh, the best illustration is our Washington situation. Washington situation, we were on electric heat. A lot of people think that's weird. In the Pacific Northwest, we have so many dams. Um, the DAMS, like hydroelectric dams, um, a lot of the commies want to tear them down, but I don't think that's going to work. We have very, very well, if they inexpensive tore them all down, electricity. There would be no power in Washington State. Well, there'd State. be flooding. There'd be no agriculture and all that other stuff. So. That's not going to be much of a problem, but it is It is very electric dependent. Electric baseboard heaters are like a thing. Um, electric furnaces are a thing. So we were on electricity only. We did not have a fireplace or a wood stove of any kind. Um, the accessory dwelling unit where we had our Airbnb 
had a propane stove, but that was it. We did not have backup. We were going to put in a wood stove if we fixed up the washing place and ended up doing it. So that's what I'm talking about, alternative heat source. Think about what your primary heat source is. For a lot of you, it's going to be natural gas. And then think, okay, what's an alternate heat source? Now, this doesn't need to be a whole house heat source. If you've got natural gas, that doesn't mean you need to go spend $30,000 and re, you know, structural wall integrity stuff for a wood stove, nothing like that. But Maybe some space heaters. They have to be safe. You really have to look into that. Carbon monoxide stuff, that is no joke. That is a real thing. How sadly ironic would it be that you prepare, you do all this stuff to prepare, and then you die of carbon monoxide poisoning. So don't do that. There's several space heating options. If you're going to use electricity for your alternative heat source, everything being a system like it is, you're going to need an alternative uh, source of electricity. Bear in mind that little battery banks and, you know, even even this the single like uh, goal zero kind of things, um, heaters take up an enormous amount of electricity. And so don't count on <laughs> your little phone charger thing that you keep in your pocket um, powering an electric um, heat source. So alternate heat source and fuel and realize it's a it's a system. Now, the fuel part of it, I mentioned electricity. Maybe it's a wood stove. You're going to need to chop and cut wood. That means you have to have a place to store it that's dry. You have to have a way to cut it. Maybe you order it pre-cut. You're going to you're going to have to think about everything that's involved and just close your eyes and in your mind think, okay, I'm going to activate this heat source. I'm going to start a fire in the fireplace or I'm going to turn on the electric backup heaters. What all does that require? And go through your mind and think about all that it requires and have all of those things too so your system is complete. Shelby, what's the next one? Well, cold weather clothing for extended periods of cold. Right. We didn't... We had to worry about this somewhat in yeah, Western Washington. I got to be honest, we didn't do much with this. Yeah, one. and and the the winters are mild. I mean, a cold rain is a bigger deal. You need right. water protection because well, what would happen is you get rained on, and then if it's you know forty degrees, now you're talking you're cold to the bone, kind of cold. Try that for five months. Oh, no wonder goodness, we drink gravy. so much coffee. So and and also yeah, just gloomy gloominess, but. Um, if you have a winter that you're going to be under 30 degrees for extended periods of time, and if and it's under 30 degrees during the day, encourage you to think about uh, how that's going to look for you. Yeah. For us here in in Montana now, it's a new ball game. We're going to be getting some you know Carhartt flannel lined jackets, coveralls, overalls, and shoes and boots. So think about those things. Um, this is September. There might have been you know Labor Day sort of a sale. There could be some sales on those things. Um, we just bought at Costco some um, waterproof gloves. We'll mm -hmm. need those. So think about those things and extended periods of time. Again, yes. we're starting. Ask the folks in Texas how this you know played out for them last. I think it was December, January when they went several weeks, three, four weeks without power in bone chilling cold. That's what you're planning for. And I'll tell you what, Texans were not prepared for it. For the most part, except for you preppers. And that was rational because, because when does it ever right, get that cold exactly. in Texas? So think about that in the extreme case, a way to keep yourself clothing-wise warm. And I want to emphasize the extended wear because Shelby's making the point about staying warm maybe in your house with, I'm a huge mm -hmm. fan of Carhartt One Pieces. I call them a one piece. It's like a jacket and pants all together. And they're amazing. They keep you so toasty warm. Um, also think about um, undergarments, um, merino wool. Um, but anyway, here's- And pocket warmers. The little- Pocket warmers. Yeah, he, Foot warmers, things that you can just shove in just to do some spot heat up. Yeah. And boots. You have to have boots that can handle this cold. Here's why. Not only will you possibly be sitting in your house freezing cold and you need these clothes to stay warm. Um, if stuff falls apart, uh, you or at least some of you um, are going to be out on patrol. You're going to be out patrolling. You're going to be standing. Probably a post. plowing snow. You're going to be guarding a post. Um, you're going to have to be standing out in the weather, whatever that weather may be, potentially 12 hours. I mean, if you don't have enough people on your crew, what, 20 hours and you try to get four hours of sleep during the day and hope no bad guys come during that four hour period. So understand we're talking extended where we know you guys, where yes. you live, you have your, let's say you live in South Carolina, you have your, your sweatshirt that you wear for like two weeks um, when it's cold enough Maybe for a sweatshirt. jacket. Yeah, you, yeah. You've got all that stuff. So that's not what we're talking about. We're not telling you to go buy gloves for the first time because a lot of you'd be like, 
uh, don't insult me. I already exactly. have gloves. No, we're talking extended wear, and that might mean a variety of different things where you are. I especially want to emphasize boots. Not only, and again, everything's a system, not only having the boots, I mean like insulated boots and all kinds of really good socks, trying them out, work, uh, walking around in them, even in the warmer weather to break them in because boots are useless unless they're broken in. In fact, they're worse than useless. They're going to cause you foot problems. So it's a system. So you have to think about all these things and think about, think about this. What, what do I need to wear? Um, for say zero degrees or whatever, fill in the blank where you're going to be. And here's the other thing. Speaking of systems, uh, you're going to want to have twice. You're going to want to have a set of two of all these things, maybe not boots, because a lot of things are going to need to be washed. They're going to need to be dried out. If they get wet, you're going to need a second set. So put some money into extended wear, warm and dry clothing, uh, for you and everybody in your family, you'd be really glad you did. So I would say on that, I would say jackets and things like that, maybe not two sets, but the long johns, the flannel oh, shirts, yeah, the two, three sets of that, because you are going to get dirty. So uh, the next thing we're going to start, we'll see if we have to take a break from it. The next thing, um, <laughs> and think again, Texas and the weird weather patterns that we, we're having right now, um, alternative energy sources. And this is your bailiwick. Yeah, this, is, this would be things like... Um, some solar, some battery banks. Uh, maybe you don't need solar. Solar can be kind of expensive and unless you're going to use it a lot, just get a bunch of batteries. And I don't just mean like ones at Costco, like double A's or yeah, something. We're not talking about little ones that things. you put in your pocket to charge your phone. We're right. talking about there's like the size of a, a cinder block. Yeah, exactly. Uh, some of those that, that, you know, you can plug in and charge with your, your regular electricity. And then when the power goes out, you can use them a little bit. Um, don't expect battery banks to be cheap don't expect and this is something i fell into too it was like what do you mean it's going to be a couple thousand dollars for a battery bank uh yeah it's going to be a couple thousand dollars for a battery bank um you can't really it's physics right there's a limiting factor we're talking about electrons here and then there's no way around that i mean amazon can't have a great sale on electrons right i mean it has to be Stout, and so you would want um, alternate energy sources. I mentioned electric uh, heating lamps, something like that. Maybe a kerosene lamp that's more for light than for heat. Again, keep the uh, keep the carbon monoxide in mind, but have alternate energy sources, and really think about. And you, Shelby, mentioned Texas two three weeks, two three week outage of electricity. Um, you're going to need alternative energy sources for that. We're not talking heating. We're talking energy sources, which is a different thing because you're going to need charge up your phone. You're going to need a variety of things. You're going to need lighting. You may need a, you know, a CPAP machine. There's a million things you might need. And that's where I was going to go with that. Uh, Quick story from us. First of all, go to Costco.com and look up Battery Bank. I did that a couple of years ago and blew Glenn's mind yes. with a really good online a goal deal. Goal zero one thousand for seven hundred bucks. I was like, "Are you kidding me? Yeah, uh, you buy it now." Yeah, so we got them. We got two, and then we loaned it out to a friend who was going on a trip and want and and we're you know kind of helping him along in the, the world of preps. He used it for his CPAP machine mm-hmm. overnight. Worked great. Worked great. So. We're not just talking about being able to charge up and, you know, play on your computer. We're talking things that you absolutely must have energy for. When you're talking about medical devices, I think battery banks are a good idea. You'll need to recharge them, which then might require a generator with propane. So these are the steps, the systems you need to think through on this. Yep. So, folks... We gotta take a break. But where did segment one go? Holy crap. It's like the summer flew by. Don't go away. More of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher is coming right up. Hear all our previous shows free online at prepping2-0.com. Shelby Gallagher here. We found that you need to layer your food preps. Yeah, this is Glenn Tate here. A lot of times the hardest part of layering is the long-term foods. We love new mana foods, which have a 25-year shelf life and are non-GMO. Also, organic meals are available. Numana comes in family-style portions and in bulk. This is not backpacking food. It's family meals that last for at least 25 years. The perfect freeze-dried part of your food layering. You can get a sample of Numana meals for $19.95 and see for yourself. You will be amazed. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount by entering the code PREP. Go to Numana.com or click the link on the Prepping 2.0 website. 
Give it a try. Numana.com. That is N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. When the grid goes down, darkness will descend fast. Used to be there was nothing you could do about an EMP, electromagnetic pulse, or CME, coronal mass ejection. Now you can protect your electronics, protect your family, thanks to EMP Shield. EMP Shield invented a simple to install device that prevents whatever's connected to it from frying in an EMP or a CME, and it costs just a few hundred dollars. EMP Shield has been tested by independent laboratories and passed muster with the government, which has ordered lots of them. Google EMP Shield and see for yourself. And save some money. Get a $50 discount per device. Go to prepping2-o.com. Click on the Friends and Affiliates page, then click on the EMP Shield logo. At checkout, use coupon code PREPPING2.0. It's all one word. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. Looking to meet other like-minded people in your area? Looking to start your own prepper group? Already have a group? Join PrepperNet.com. PrepperNet has gathered the biggest names in the industry to help unite preppers everywhere. Join John Jacob Schmidt, Scott Hunt, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy, Glenn Tate, Shelby Gallagher, Charlie Hogwood, Samuel Culper, Survivor Jane, Rick Austin, Franklin Horton, Ryan Mitchell, and Brian Duff. Our team is united. Check us out at PrepperNet.com. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. PrepperNet.com. Prepping 2.0 is about that next level of prepping. One of the key 2.0 items to have is bulletproof body armor plates. I used to think body armor was too tactical for a regular guy like me, but it isn't. Give yourself, your family, and your team an unfair advantage when bullets are flying. Body armor used to be expensive and hard to get. Not anymore. KD Armor, and that stands for come and take it, makes solid and affordable body armor for normal people. Get body armor while you can. The clowns in Congress are trying to prohibit future sales. KD Armor is the place to get it. C-A-T-I-Armor.com. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount when you use the coupon code GRANT. Abe Lincoln here. In 1773, patriots broke the chains of British tyranny by throwing tea into Boston Harbor. On that day, Americans began drinking coffee. We celebrate that event daily here at Minutemen Coffee. All men are created equal. (laughs) Coffee is not. Minutemen Coffee is roasted to perfection in small batches. Bold, smooth, and never bitter. Shipped to you fresh daily. Whole bean, ground, or our patented pods. www.minutemencoffee.com Now, more of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Welcome back, everybody, to the second segment of Prepping 2.0, episode 150, Winterize Your Preps. That's what we're talking about. We should have a cake or something. We should have a cake. Let's get a cake. Let's get a keto cake. Yes. It'll be a pile of almond flour. Yes, it will. Yeah. With mm, butter. Yeah. And anyway. And sour cream and All avocado. Right. How are you anyway, prepping? So uh, before we get into that, I wanted to quickly mention a couple more sponsors. Katie Armor, C-A-T-I Armor, which stands for Come and Take It Armor. Steel Body Armor. If you use the coupon code GRANT, you get 10% off. KatieArmor.com. Jared Savick, our awesome realtor friend in the Kalispell, Montana area. Great preppers. Yeah, great preppers. He is a relocation specialist. That's what he does. He helps guys like well, men and women like you, the listener. Peppers. And uh, he's not just Kalispell. He's all over Montana. And we obviously are huge fans of the state of Montana for people <laughs> like you, the listener. I uh, also want to mention Backwoods Home, which is a great magazine. comes out quarterly. It has uh, so many great articles, diagrams, interesting ideas, recipes, cool, just cool stuff. You're going to love it. Six off is the coupon code, the number six OFF to get $6 off per year. And then finally, we wanted to mention Lizzie McDaniel, who's um, a prepper, Christian uh, uh, prepper, patriot Patriot. in Tennessee and is helping a lot of uh, Prepping 2.0 listeners right now relocate to the great state of Tennessee. She can be found on the official Prepping 2.0 Realtor page, which is redstate-realtors.com redstate-realtors.com and click on the map uh, of Tennessee and bam, there you go. There's all of Lizzie's contact information. I wanted to finish up with a thought on the alternative energy sources, pardon me, and battery banks. And that is this. If you use lead acid batteries, which most of you will because they're much, much cheaper than lithium batteries, um, like like lead acid batteries are like 100 bucks and similar sized lithium ones are like 500 bucks. So that's the price difference. You 
You can only draw them down halfway before you start to damage them permanently and really reduce the number of charges you'll get out of them. That means you're going to need twice as many batteries as you think you'll need. So when I was talking about battery banks being kind of a big deal and being an expense and, and doing it right and sizing it correctly, I wanted to mention a really key fact, and that is, as I say, you're going to need twice the lead-acid batteries you think you'll need. Well, speaking of batteries, oh, yes, Shelby. Question, though. Yes. Can, on the spot. Uh, on the spot. Can oh, you handle I'm this nervous. question? I'm nervous. Where should someone store? Where should they ah. store in the in the cold out, yeah. out, out in the on their back porch when it's zero degrees outside? I'm glad you asked me that, Shelby. I am. Um, batteries are. There's another winterizing thing. Whatever kind of batteries it may be, uh, lawnmower engine battery, um, something like that. Bring them in out of the cold. Batteries, and this applies to lead acid batteries, which is 90 percent of what you're going to be dealing with. Hate the cold. The ones that require water, you will have the water freeze. The AGM batteries, which do not require AGM lead acid batteries, which do not require water, still hate the cold. It's a physics thing. It's a long, complicated explanation, but all you need to know is your batteries hate the cold. Bring them in. Great example, lawnmower. You're not going to be mowing the lawn in the winter. Just unhook the battery. It's super easy to do and bring it in, bring it into a garage. And they don't have to be like 70 degree toasty warm. You don't have to like, like, Go to sleep with them and, and, you know, give them a little snuggle. comforter and stuff like that. You don't need to snuggle. Just something like a garage even that maybe stays at like 40 degrees or, I mean, 50 would be better. But you get the point. Bring your batteries inside. Outside. because From outside, yeah. Because batteries hate the cold. And another thing I just thought of that it was not on the list we wrote down, but I wanted to make the point. And that is... If you've got a big food storage and let's say commercially canned things, number 10 tins or something like that, uh, this would apply really, really a lot to, you know, home canned things in glass jars. Those things are going to need a little bit of heat, too, because if those freeze, they burst, they burst because what's one of the weird things about the universe God created is that one of the only elements that expands when it freezes is water, which creates cracks and rocks and creates a bunch of good stuff that we need here. Um, God is brilliant. But uh, anything with water is going to expand. And you have to get pretty cold. I'm going to be honest with you. You have to be pretty cold. This may not apply in, in pretty big extended, swaths of the country. And an extended period extended of time. Extended period of time. But if you were, let's say, number 10 tins of chili that you went and you bought are exposed to zero degree temperatures for a week, um, expect them to expand and then burst the can. And then when they thaw, you're going to have a stinky mess. You're probably going to have rats and a bunch of other things. It doesn't take much heat. Sometimes just a, a light bulb, not an LED, obviously, an incandescent bulb being on in a storage area can do the trick. Also, there are these cool um, uh, pipe wraps that are kind of flexible mm -hmm. cords that basically have a heating element in it. You can just throw one of those things in there. You don't have to wrap it around all the stuff. It doesn't take much heat. It really depends on the, the storage area you're talking about and whether it's insulated. But I hadn't thought about this until somebody brought it up to me and I said, oh yeah. And you noticed at the, at the old shed where we had all the food tubs, mm -hmm. there were some warming devices in there. So yep. keep that in mind. The cool thing is you can kind of just fire and forget these things. You just kind of turn them on. They use so little electricity. It's not even a big cost. Just keep it going all winter. Right. Don't try to like calibrate it down like, oh, it's only going to be 20 today, but it's going to be zero tomorrow. I'll remember to turn the heater back on. Uh, no, you won't. So just just do it and you're going to be much happier keeping your food preps warm. Well, the next topic is something that Shelby's an expert in. Take it away, dear. So animals. Think animals, about your an as yeah. we'd like to pronounce We say them. animals, but yes. I say animals when we're on oh, the air. we're with grown-ups. <clears throat> yes. Mm -hmm. So animals, think if you have animals, you know this. We are, uh, here's the example we have. Because we've moved and mm -hmm. we're facing harsher winters. Uh, and in last week's show, I mentioned how we've ordered a uh, a new chicken coop. We've one that's bought, and the part of the reason why it's pre-manufactured, pre-manufactured by a local vendor, which I'm happy to support. And one of the reasons why I wanted to do that is because it is stout, mm -hmm. and in the winters that we have here in Montana, I I, I need that. Um, it's hard enough to keep animals that you know chickens in particular that they can be susceptible to cold, although not they can be pretty hardy too. But things like their water sources yeah. freeze. Uh, so think about your systems. animals' systems, especially if you've moved and you're not quite sure of the winter you have ahead of you. 
And also think about the emergency supply of what you might need for your animals if you if we have another Texas situation. Iced over roads, can't Iced, get to right. a farm store. So think about getting an extra bag of food, extra if whatever you feed them, get a little extra and store it away for that two to three week period you may face. Think about vaccines or shots or medications as well. Think about all the things that you do to prep for yourself. Do that for your animals. I can tell you right now, if we were to have a Texas situation where we couldn't get out for two or three weeks, one of our animals, our dogs, might have a hard time because mm-hmm. we're low on food. Yeah. So I need to take care of that. Right. So think about your animals. And th- and again, this is prepping, but also prepping for, we have enough weird instabilities happening in our country, in our yeah. world, in our weather patterns. It's not just the weather that creates mm-hmm. disruptions. Yeah. That, it's, that they're just... For this coming winter, be prepared for a two or three week gap in stuff. You know, I just had a... A revelation in my mind, and this always happens on the air. Where as we talk about mm-hmm. things, I, I figure stuff out for the first time and, <laughs> and dribble it out on the air. And that is this: let's say the last ten winters where you live, it's been pretty mild. Your chickens have done just fine. The thing about weather is, it'll throw you a curveball. It changes, and Climate it could be changes. way cold, colder this winter. And the other thing is the disruptions that Shelby was mentioning that I see as being a big problem in mm-hmm. the winter of 2022. Well, the winter of 2021 into the winter of 2022. And so just because, for example, let's say you have three or four chickens and you've never had to heat up their water because it's never been an issue. Cool. Uh, it could be this year. And so you need to have a plan in place. See, it's all systems it's all planning that's all that this is and we're just taking examples like chicken water and plugging it in to what you already do which is prepare um pantry foods now we're not talking the long-term foods although that's always a good thing to have plenty of we're talking just regular old pantry foods i'm almost like gonna say this convenient sort of foods for example the great example that shelby always uses is dried milk let's say I can't get to the store for two or three weeks. And by the way, even in mild wintered Washington, we had a snowstorm two, three years ago. We couldn't leave for like a week and a half, I want to say, like 10 days. Yeah. And so this can happen, you know, uh, when it, quote, shouldn't. And just have more pantry items just as a convenience. And this is just for making it through a couple weeks without being able to go to yeah, the grocery store. Yeah, make sure your pantry's really full. And st- We're not talking deep preps here. We're not talking making sure – because you – Honestly, if you've been listening for a while, you've you've got that. Yeah, you've, you've got, got that part down. Got, now just make sure, like I am, making sure you have, you know, all the flour you need, all the sugar you need, all the, both of those things neither one of us can eat right now, yeah. by the way. Mm-hmm. You know, making sure you have all those things stocked up so that you have your pantry supplied up for a two to three week disruption of mm-hmm. some kind. Yeah. That's just good old common sense. Yeah. The next thing on our list is pretty general. It's anything that's outdoors that has water in it. Now these could be things and they need to be purged. They need to preferably have air blown through them. So all the water goes out. A primary example of this would be if you have an irrigation system, you're going to want to get all the water out of there. Maybe it's down far enough and it's protected. Who knows? But I mean, better safe than sorry. Another thing that has water in it that stays outside and a lot of people forget are their recreational vehicles. Um, you're going to want to have those water lines. You're going to want to empty all the tanks. You have all the water lines blasted with air. Um, there are a variety of other things that have water in it that stay out outside, and you're going to want to address it. Um, it's going to vary. I mean, this, like I say, this is a very general topic. There could be dozens of examples that fit in here, and we just don't have dozens of examples, but you'll know what I'm talking about. It's, it's going to be... It's going to be stuff with water in it. It's amazing what happens to things that even have a little bit of water when it gets down like 40 degrees below zero. Weird stuff happens. For an extended period of time, too. Yeah. It gets really strange. Things get crispy. Things yeah. get crispy, yeah, and they expand, and weird stuff happens. Even like LED uh, screens on radios, when it gets cold enough, they burst. Mm-hmm. Because uh, the L in LED is liquid. <laughs> no, is it? It's light-emitting diode, so it's not liquid. But there's a liquid of some kind that fills in the blah, 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 and I've seen it crack. Um, another thing, and what's next on the list, Shelby, because you can talk about this. Gasoline. Yeah, and this isn't like your 1,000-gallon tank for fueling up, you know. Your uh, tractors on your farm. Armored vehicles or mm-hmm. anything like that. 
this is like the pantry food, more of the convenience stuff. And it would be having gasoline if there's a two-week disruption and the fuel trucks can't get there. At least you, hopefully with a four-wheel drive vehicle or whatever you may have, can get out of your whatever your setup is, whatever your residence is. Um, gasoline probably shouldn't be outside when it's 40 degrees below zero. But of course, when you bring gasoline indoors, you've got a whole different set of safety concerns. Um, I think a garage that's mildly minimally heated would garage be shed outbuilding of some yeah, kind. Would yeah, would be a thing. Um, maybe maybe put it in with your food storage where you've got that little incandescent bulb going. You keep it a little bit warm, but have some gasoline or diesel, I guess, um, if that's how you roll, um, because you may not be able to get to the gas station and you, well, let me say this, other people may not be able to get to the gas station, but you still will be able to, and you can maybe even help out a neighbor with it. Well, and and again, the, the prepping that we're talking about for this winter isn't the, the zombie apocalypse. It's convenience prepping. Well, it's a little bit more than that. It's not the zombie, like the full collapse has happened. It's from what we it's know. temporary bridge gap. All of these things that we, we're seeing happening, it's these weird anomalies the weather that's the anomaly but it's also the supply line disruptions it's mm-hmm. the political disruptions that have happening it's the all of those things i think last winter the disruptions we saw because of weather and because of disrupt are they're just going to get worse mm-hmm. everything's just well, everything's so, breaking apart right, all exactly, the supply systems exactly. you got labor shortages you've got right. supply disruptions Classic example of what we're talking about. The winter and gasoline would be there apparently are not a lot of truck drivers out there willing to to work. And I don't mean that they're lazy. I mean, drive throughs to call me pass in January. Yeah. And have and have people, you know, stealing their stuff and stealing their catalytic converters. I don't even know if big trucks have them. But I mean, there's a shortage of drivers for whatever reason. And the winter's going to make it worse. And thing and things are just falling apart, like you just said. So everything's this isn't the zombie apocalypse. This is just good, solid preparing. Right. In a broken country that is falling apart. But but. What is, what is another thing you're going to have to have? Okay, so here's the scenario, because Shelby and I are storytellers, so let's, let's set the stage here with a story. You're cooped up in your house for Ten a days. week, and it's looking like it's going to be another couple weeks. Um, what are you going to do um, besides snuggle with your loved one? What are you going to do, Shelby? What are you, Shelby, going to do? What am I going to do yeah. after 10 days? Mm-hmm. Break into my second bag of Minutemen coffee. Yep, coffee. Coffee. You got to have coffee. You're going to need it. It's going to be dark. Well, where we were up by the North Pole <laughs> in Western, <laughs> in Western Washington. Washington. Yeah, it gets dark at 430 in the no, winter. No, it gets dark at 330 once the time Starts, changes. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah, well, I've seen I've seen the streetlights come on at 345 in the afternoon. True story. So there's a lot of darkness and where there's darkness there's in cold. the Bible. It says where there's darkness, let there be caffeine. I think it's in Deuteronomy. No, it's in First Opinions. First Opinions, exactly. <laughs> so you're going to want to have coffee. That's like, a serious thing. If you're not a coffee drinker, well, I guess you're off the hook. But if you, that's the last thing you want to run out, out of because well, you're going to be the chasing ben- the kids around with a fire axe. It's just going to be st- ugly. Well, if you don't. If you don't have coffee. There's, there's all the benefits. Again, I'll do a whole nother VBS on keto. There are a lot of great, be- I don't, for the people out there who've read a study saying that, Blah, blah, blah. Coffee's bad for you. There's 20 other studies that say it's good for you. It's, you get the zing of caffeine. You get the warmth. You get the morale booster. The you, normalcy bias yeah. goes away because things are, quote, normal because you have coffee. And that's a legit thing. We always make fun of normalcy bias and we say how deadly it is. There's actually, if you're not putting yourself in harm's way, there's actually a soothing good effect of normalcy. It's yep. when you think that you can just run outside and go get coffee and you get in your Subaru uh, with bald tires and you go down an icy road and you hit a telephone pole because you wanted to get coffee. That's when normalcy bias is a bad idea. Having a bunch of Minuteman coffee, seriously, not a plug. They didn't pay us to say that. It's the coffee we drink. It's awesome. Having a big old batch of Minuteman coffee for the winter is a fantastic idea on a lot of levels. Yes, it is. So I encourage you to do that. It'll be a morale booster during some of those dark, cold, wintry nights. The other one, um, I'm going to start. I'm going to let you chip sure. in on outdoor projects pending now. Here's a great example. Mm-hmm. We're going to once we're done here today, we've got a couple we're going to go do. Here's what uh, Shelby did. Y'all know if you've watched any of my videos, I love 
thornless blackberries. I love blackberries. They're a Pacific Northwest thing. And I bought some and I brought them here to Montana. Yes. I'm not going to stick them in the ground because um, in two weeks they'll be frozen and dead because they're little, you know, they're just barely got a few leaves on them. This afternoon, I'm going to go put them in pots and put them in and put those pots in the garage to, to winter over and I'll put them in the in the ground next spring when they're a little bit more hardy and have acclimated here. That's a winter rising project. There's all those little things wherever you are in the country that you need to do. You need to maybe limb up some trees. The leaves are going to start falling down. Um, all of all of those outdoor pending, pending projects, pending things projects. That yeah. you've either started or you've thought about and you're like, well, I can totally get it done. I mean, it's only mid-September. Guys, it's mid-September now. It's going to be mid-October real soon. And then it's going to be too cold to finish it. And worst case is you don't finish it. I mean, you halfway finish it. You're building a shed to store your food in and you don't get it done. And so it's useless. Um, and these can be little projects too. Um, things like getting the... Uh, the light bulb heater thing in some sort of storage unit. Getting a spigot um, cover to protect spigot your spigots. covered, yep. all kinds of pending things. Get them done now while the sun is shining. For example, today, um, we're going to go to, see, we're living in a rental place now, and then we're gonna, we've are we got our permanent place. We're going to go to our permanent place today, and I'm going to mow the lawn. It needs to be mowed, probably the last mowing of the season. That's something that I'm doing now instead of trying to do it when it's 35 degrees out. And the last thing in the world I want to do is sit outside for three hours when it's 35 degrees out. So finishing pending projects now is, and that's going to mean a variety of different things to a variety of different yeah. people, but get it done now so you can, number one, get it done. Number two, tackle some of these winterizing things. And number three, whatever reason you had to do this project is still going to be there in the winter. So if you've got it done, you've taken care of the problem. And I would say, again, in my mind, the overarching kind of grid that I'm looking at this through is weird weather patterns and weird supply problems. So if you have one of those kind of winterizing outdoor projects that you can, we all, we've all done, that you can get with, away with not doing for a year or two. Because it's not like it's going to get to 40 below zero. Yeah, I, It might. I would say... This is your last year to put those off because there's I, I just would I hate to hear about someone if I would not have had that. I've never had burst pipe before. Had I put on that whatever spigot cover, yeah. I could have avoided this. I just think we're going to have the weirdest of all weird winters coming up because of all the weirdness. It's getting weird. Am I right? So today's weather forecast is from Shelby. It's really weird out there and it's going to stay weird. Uh, back to you, Glenn. No, so, exactly. So the next one I'm going to talk about um, and, we, and probably just enough time to and I'm going to go into this a little bit is winterize your garden. And I say this. Um, yeah. Winterize your garden. What does that mean? Yeah. Like, like covered up like blah, blah, blah. It's a little bit more than that. I know this having been in the Pacific Northwest where you have maybe one or two days of freezing. Folks, I can put a pansy, a very delicate flower in a pot and I can have pansies every year for years. It can freeze once or twice and come back. Now, people here in Western Washington are going. Western Washington or I'm Montana? I'm sorry, Western Montana going. You pansies are annuals they die every year yeah because you have extended periods of freezing i'm having to adjust to the gardening world of a climate that freezes for a long time in the winter so if you've just moved which many of you have like adjust your your climate look it up go go look at zones they have the the zones The other thing is try to do your best to extend your growing season. Like right now, if I had a garden going, I would be doing things in the evening to protect from the frost that's starting to happen overnight. So I can extend my growing season maybe a little bit, but also too, I would start bringing, uh, you know, pots in or getting ready for the, to winterize your garden. And this is also a time to start thinking about, and we talked about it quite a bit in the last show, what are ways that you can do from a homestead point of view to extend your growing season? I'm a, you know me, I'm a big fan of greenhouses. You, the fact that you can grow yummy good vegetables in the depth of winter. In, it, it is weird, but it it's is true. Weird. It's very true, um, is amazing. And greenhouses in particular in cold, cold climates are almost a necessity mm-hmm. because the growing season is almost too short in the summer. Yeah. So encourage you... 
this is more of a project than it is a winterizing thing. Think of ways to one winterize your garden and extend your growing season and learn your zone that way. Um, the other thing I want to add to this, and we ran into this yesterday. Excuse me, I've got to clear my throat. So I'll do it. Oh, <laughs> distraction. Okay, there we go. This is a great time of year to go to the garden centers mm-hmm. and get good deals on goodies. Yeah. We went to a garden center yesterday because I needed some dirt because I'm, you know, putting some stuff in some pots. Seeds, 50% off. Growing pots, 50% off. They're clearing out that garden center because they want to bring, they want to get rid of it and clear it all out and shut it down. Put in snow melt salt. Exactly. So this is a t- time of year, especially seeds. Goodness gravy. Uh, what was interesting is yesterday at the garden center, they had tomato plants on sale. I'm like, well, here, if you're going to plant those outdoors, they're going to die mm-hmm. because they're going to freeze. And t- t- But if I had a greenhouse right now, I'd be mm-hmm. buying those bad boys and we'd be having really mm-hmm. yummy tomatoes in December. Mm-hmm. So... So if you want to get in on some good deals, 50% off seeds is a good deal, especially, again, inflation next year is going to completely take that away. So this is a good time if, you, if, you're, if you've got some broken tools or just get in on some of those kind of year-end closeout kind of deals. So what else have we got there, Glenn? Well, we're going to talk about this extensively in the after show. We have a couple minutes. The last topic is actually, in my opinion, the most important one. We saved yeah. it for last and we'll be discussing, as I say, in the after show for Patreons. And that is skills. Learn skills. Back to the storytelling uh, stage that we set up. You're sitting around in your house for hours and hours. Maybe with a cup on, of coffee. With a, yeah, or several in your case. Pops. Uh, with a carafe of coffee. <laughs> and um, you're sitting around and maybe there's not as much to do. Um, don't get caught in the TV thing, you know, because that's going to be bad news. Can I add, we haven't connected to any no. channels. We, we just have a TV and like... Our, our streaming channels, yeah. we're doing all right. We're doing fine. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to become a mind-numbed zombie in the winter. What you can do with all that time you're spending indoors, otherwise idle, is you can get on YouTube and you can start learning about stuff, even stuff that isn't necessarily directly in your bailiwick. I, for example, knew nothing about electricity or batteries or comms or small engines or homesteading because... When you go back 10 years, I was I was an, uh, what I call an MRE prepper. I would have a bunch of MREs and a bunch of guns, and that's kind of it. And I didn't have anything, you know, that was beyond that. So when we come back to the after show for Patreons. Yes. Now, this is the end of the line for the regular show listeners. For the radio listeners and for the non-Patreons, we're going to be signing off. When we go into the after show, we're going to talk about... All the skills you can learn in the winter. Folks, from Benjamin Franklin, failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Have a great week, everyone. You've been listening to Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. All the information you've heard today, including all our previous shows, is online at prepping2-0.com. Find out more about Glenn's books at 299days.com and Shelby's books at agreatstate.com. Until next time, be smart, be safe, and be prepared.